Welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. I'd like to begin today's program by reading a statement of the Apostle Paul that is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and in verses 1 and 2. It says, And when I came to you, brothers, did, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. This is the charter, the cornerstone of the Christian faith. As Christians, we are to look to Christ and to Christ alone. Paul said, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ, except him crucified. Now, I'm happy to tell you that I am a Christian. Now, being a Christian doesn't mean that I'm a perfect man because I'm definitely not perfect but it does mean that I have faith in a perfect man. And that man is Jesus. And it's, it's such a joy to my heart that when I put my head down on my pillow at night to know that my sins are forgiven by the grace of Christ. But it's not only that I believe and have that kind of peace in my heart to know that my sins are forgiven. I've accepted him not only as my Savior, but I have accepted Him as my Lord. Now, some of you might say, well, I thought to accept Jesus as your Savior and accepting Him as Lord is exactly the same thing, but it isn't. You see, when we accept Him as Savior, we accept what He has done for us. He saves us. But when we accept Him as Lord, that puts Him in the position of superiority over us, that we are His servants and He is our Lord. When we accept Him as Lord, then we do what He says. When we accept Him as Savior, this is accepting something that He has done for us. When we accept Him as Lord, this is a service that we render back to Him. Listen, there's a lot of cheap religion in the world today. Lots of people are willing, perfectly willing to accept Jesus as Savior. But when it comes to accepting Him as Lord, they draw the line at that point. Well, it should be the deepest desire of our heart that we express our gratitude and love for Him by doing exactly what He asked us to do. What did he ask us to do? Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse 15, the following. If you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus said that. These are his words. This is only the evidence of our love, is that we do what he asks us to do. The question is, Will we follow the example of grace? Now, I have an astonishing fact for you. There is one teaching that Jesus followed that the world, even the Christian world, has either rejected or forgotten. And that is the day on which he rested, the day on which he worshiped. Let's take a, an imaginary trip 
back 2,000 years ago to a little town called Nazareth. And as we go down the street, we're tourists. We go down the streets, we see the shops, and we come along to this little shop and we look in and there's a carpenter shop. There's a young man there. He's standing at his bench, his tools in his hand. He raises his eyes and he looks at you and me. And there's something about the eyes of this young man that have a way of taking a grip upon our soul. We've never seen a young man with such transparent purity and dignity. It isn't the shop that impresses us so much as it is this young man. Well, we can't stay all day, and so we go on down the streets, seeing the other sights. But somehow we can't get this young man out of our mind. And the following day, we come back, and everything is closed. We come back to that shop again. We look at all of the sawdust has been swept up. All of the chips, all of the shavings are gone. All of the tools are put away, and the young man is not there. And then there's a man hurrying down the street, obviously on the run, and we stop him and say, hey, we came by to see the young man who works here in this carpenter shop. Could you tell us where we can find him? He says, follow me. So in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4 and verse 16, look at what it says. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as was his custom... He went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And now we know something that we must put down deep into our heart, that it was the custom of the Savior. See, I've had people say to me, why do you keep the Sabbath? And I've often given a very brief answer, because Jesus did. Now, I've had a serious question asked of me many times. Folks have said to me, we are living in New Testament time. Should we not observe the Lord's Day according to the New Testament? Well, the answer to the question is yes, absolutely yes, without fail. We need to be keeping the Lord's Day according to the New Testament. Now, here is asking an objective question. What is the Lord's Day? Well, let me turn in the Bible and read the only time that the expression of the Lord's Day is found in the New Testament. Let me read it to you. It's here in Revelation chapter 1 and in verse 10. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. Now, here the Lord's Day is mentioned but it does not say which is the Lord's day. So the only thing we can gather from the text is that in the year 96, which is about the time that John was writing the Revelation, that at that time, the Lord still had a day. But it absolutely does not tell us which is the Lord's day. So a lot of folks have made a quick jump and have said, well, in the Bible, in the New Testament, the Lord's day is the first day of the week. And we are to keep the Lord's day? Well, which is the first day of the Lord? It's Sunday. Well, where do we find the authority for saying that the Lord's day is the first day of the week? Well, let's ask Jesus. After all, he is the way. He always tells the truth. 
Let's ask Jesus, Lord, which day is the Lord's day according to the New Testament? Let's get Jesus to give us the answer. Mark's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 27 and 28. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Now let's ask Jesus, which day is your day? Which day is the Lord's day? And Jesus answers, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. Now, should we be keeping the Lord's day according to the New Testament? Absolutely. Jesus said, the Sabbath is his day. I am the Lord of the Sabbath. Well, now we only have one other question to answer, and that is, which day is the Sabbath day? You know, you read in the Bible, in the 20th chapter of Exodus, verses 8 and 9, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God, and on it you shall not do any work. It says the seventh day in the Bible is always called the Sabbath because the word Sabbath, you see, means rest. Now I'm going to make a statement. It's going to sound like a harsh statement, but it's really just a true statement. You can search this book from cover to cover and only one day is set aside for rest and worship of the children of God, and that's the seventh day of the week. It's called the Sabbath. Now, why did Jesus say he was Lord of the Sabbath? Well, if you read in John chapter 1 and in verse 10, here's what the record of the Bible says. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. The same Lord who walked the dusty roads of Palestine is not only the Redeemer, but he is also the Creator. Now, why is Jesus Lord of the Sabbath? Because he made it. He made the world. And at the end of the creation week, he made the Sabbath and he rested upon it. So Jesus could say that he was Lord of the Sabbath because he made it. You see, it was out of the seventh day that God made the Sabbath. Everything else he made out of stuff. Everything that God made, you can, you can see it. You can look at the stars. You can look at the sun. You can look at the moon. You can look at the plants. You can look at the animals. You can look at man. You can see it. These are things that God made. But one thing made at creation that you can't touch, you can't taste, you can't see, was the thing that he made out of time. He made the Sabbath out of time. The Sabbath is the most spiritual part of creation because it is spirit. It's not substance. And therefore, you see the Sabbath becomes a test of the capability of the individual to believe that something you cannot see, that you cannot taste, you cannot eat, that you cannot touch, is just as real as any physical thing. It's a test of spiritual discernment. The Sabbath is part of the creation made by the Lord Jesus Christ. 
In fact, you know, it's the only thing that he ever said that he was Lord of. Lord of the Sabbath. It is therefore understandable that the enemy of our souls was the old serpent called the devil and Satan would attack the Sabbath day because it is the only thing of which Jesus said he was Lord. And as soon as he claimed to be the Lord of the Sabbath, that gave him title to heaven and earth and everything that's in it because he's the God who made it. He didn't need a higher title because there's no higher title upon which Jesus could lay claim. You know, I've had folks say to me, you know, if I could only be sure as to which day is the seventh day, which day of the week is the seventh day today? Well, let me give you an answer. We are told in the Gospel of Luke in the 23rd chapter, verses 50 to 54, the following. Now, there was a man named Joseph from the Jewish town of Arimathea. He was a member of the council, a good and righteous man, who had not consented to their decision and action, and he was looking for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down and wrapped it in a linen shroud and laid him in a tomb cut in stone where no one had ever been laid. It was the day of preparation, and the Sabbath was beginning. The women who had come with him from Galilee followed and saw the tomb, and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. On the Sabbath day, they rested according to the commandment. And then let's go to Luke 24, verses 1 to 3. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in they did not find the body of our Lord Jesus. Now, that's just the record of what happened. The Lord died on a Friday. The Sabbath day is the day that follows Friday. And then very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they went to the tomb and they saw that his body was gone. On Friday, his body was in the tomb. His body rested in the tomb upon the Sabbath. And on Sunday morning, early, he rose from the grave. What did Jesus say about Sunday? I'm going to give you a surprising answer. He never mentioned it. Not a word. Jesus never said anything about Sunday. At the end of creation week, God made a perfect world. For God to change the Sabbath would be to say... I created something that wasn't good. I made an imperfect thing. God cannot change. He is the same yesterday, today, and for how long? Forever. He can't change. It's absolutely impossible. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 4, it says, Whoever commits sin transgresses also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. That's what sin is. Now, in Hebrews 8, verse 10, we read, 
For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. This is the new covenant. There is no covenant without law. There has never been, and there never will be. Now, I've had folks say to me, look, I think one day is as good as another. I get just as much rest on Monday or Tuesday, whatever the case may be. Well, yes, from a human standpoint, you might be right, but God sees it differently. I'm going to take you back down for a minute to the Garden of Eden. See, there was this tree that was in the midst of the garden, right in the middle. God said about that tree, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you do what? It says, lest you die. Now that tree was identified and separated from all the other trees, not because of its location, not because of its appearance. The fruit of that tree didn't look different from any of the fruit on the, any other tree in the garden. But God said that that one located there right in the middle, don't touch it, don't eat it. Now, you might wonder why I've talked about this tree. Well, because in the mind of Eve, she could say, I don't see any difference. It doesn't look any different from any other tree. But God said that tree located right there, that one is different. Don't touch it. That one is mine. You see, the question was, would they accept the authority of God? That tree is a symbol of authority as to whether or not God has the last word. Now, it is true that one day looks just like any other day. The only day we can tell the difference is the place that the day is located. And when the Lord said, that day located right there at the end, that, that one is mine. Don't work on it. Use that day for rest. Use that day for worship. Why? Because I said so. This is an authority symbol. See, it's not a question of Saturday or Sunday. It's a question of whose authority are we willing to accept? If we are willing to say, you are my Lord, you are my God, I accept your authority, then we place ourselves under the authority of God. This is what the Sabbath means to those who are completely under the authority of God and who expect His words. Don't touch that day any more than Eve should not have touched that tree. When God puts the fourth commandment in the heart of the moral law, and we tell him, you know, I think, in my opinion, we ought to change it. It's a serious thing to tell God that he doesn't know what's important and what isn't important. We should never, in this world, sit in judgment upon the mind of God. See, what we're talking about here is the real issue. It's not a question of what is the will of God, because 
God has made His will eternally clear in the Ten Commandments and in the example that He set up in the beginning of the world, which Jesus reaffirmed in His life and in His death. God's will is clear. The real issue lies in our decision to do or not the will of God. And it's not easy because it's against our nature, because we're sinners. You know, I remember when I made my decision, I found this mass of evidence. There is no evidence for anything like this anywhere else. And I had to decide. And I thought about the sacrifices I had to make. And I thought, you know what? I will tell Jesus about the sacrifices that I will have to make when he will make an exception for me. You know, I came to the foot of the cross and I said, Lord, I'm going to lose out on my time and a half. And I thought he'd tell me, you know, I, but I looked at the cross and you know I couldn't talk to him about time and a half. And then I thought about my friends. I thought, well, some of my friends will think that I've lost my bearings. Lord, I may lose some of my friends. I thought I would tell him that. And then he let me off. But you know, I came to his cross and I saw that all his friends were gone. So I couldn't tell him about losing mine. Then I thought, Lord, people will laugh at me. They're going to say, you're just weird. You know, I thought, well, well, I don't want to be weird. I don't want to be different. Nobody likes to be different. And I came to the cross of the Lord. And you know, I looked up at him and I saw the crown of thorns that that was made to make fun of him. And you know what? I couldn't talk to him about people laughing. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. And then I thought, well, I'll be embarrassed. You know, I went to the cross of Jesus and I saw him naked there. And you know, I couldn't talk to him about being embarrassed. I just couldn't do it. And then I thought, it will be terribly inconvenient. After all, a man's got to live in this world. It's just going to be terribly inconvenient to be out of step with everything else and everyone else. And I thought, I'm going to go tell Jesus how inconvenient it would be for me to keep the Sabbath. And I went to the cross and I looked at the nails through his hands and through his feet. And you know, I couldn't talk to him about the only thing I could do. The only thing I could do when I came to the foot of the cross was say, you gave yourself to me? Lord, what can I do for you? Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the love demonstrated on Calvary's cross. Father, I pray for those that right at this moment are debating whether or not they will follow your clear instruction. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit will draw near to them and give them the spiritual discernment they so desperately need. Bless each and every viewer, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've come to that time in the program where we have our offer. As I tell you on every program, we always have a resource available to you to help you better understand uh, who God is and 
what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And I know today's topic might be new for some of you, may have raised all kinds of questions. Uh, here's a resource that we're going to make available to you to help you. It's called God's Gift in Time. It is a, a little book and um, it is a, a book that talks about the Sabbath and the blessing of Sabbath observance. And it can be a starting point for some of you to begin to look at this truth and if the Lord impresses upon you to obey this truth. So we just want to send you this. There's no obligation on your part. There's no cost. You're never going to receive an invoice. It's going to arrive in the mail postage paid. So if you'd like to receive this little book called God's Gift in Time, pay close attention to the information we're about to give you. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlin Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlin Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you can order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Operators are standing by now. While on our website, you can leave a prayer request, and if impressed to do so, donate to help keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. I want to thank you so much for watching and for I know many of you faithfully tune in every week, as I know, because you call us, you request the books, the offers. We appreciate that so much. And let me ask you, if I may be so bold, let your friends and family know about the program also so we can attempt to increase our viewership. Now, I know some of you have family or friends that live in areas where the program does, isn't broadcast. That's okay. That's okay. Send them to the website, l4ltv.com. Every program is available there. Or send them to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash l4ltelevision, 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time. The program will be broadcast on our Facebook page live. So you can watch it there if you can't watch it on your televisions, you know, because we don't happen to broadcast in your area. So they can get it anywhere provided they have an internet connection. L4LTV.com or Facebook.com slash L4LTelevision. While you're on the Facebook page, just like it, right? And so uh, we would appreciate that. A couple other things. Instagram, every morning, 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time, I put out a one-minute devotional video. You can get that by, by following me on Instagram, Santos underscore Bill subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're going to make an audio version available in about uh, half an hour. You can download an audio version of this program. And just before we go very quickly, Mission Now Canada, that's the overseas humanitarian component of our ministry. 
We do some interesting work. Maybe you want to join us on an upcoming mission trip or you want to donate to the mission trips. Check that out, missionnowcanada.com. We are all out of time. I really enjoyed today's program. I hope you did also. And I hope you'll be back again next time. We'll be praying you are. God bless you. We'll see you then.